And we're back for another edition of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast, episode 46. My name is Scott Trickett. I'm joined by Mel. Hi, Mel. Hey, Scotty. How are you doing? How am I doing this week? I'm doing pretty good this week. Well, I'm glad you answered me honestly. You took some time to think about that. Now, have you done your homework from last week? Remind me what it was. <laughs> I've got a quick couple of questions about cricket. Oh, crap. What was my homework? We were going to um, study up on cricket. So next time we have Bruce on, we'll impress him with our cricket knowledge. But he's not, he's not back this episode. No, he's not. But what about when we go on tour? Okay, yes, that it will be important by then. But you know what? I'm pretty sure that we're entering the cricket season, aren't we? Like with the we summertime are. coming? Okay, well, so I've got plenty of time and I'm sure I'll have heaps of opportunities <laughs> to sit bored in front of a television screen for several hours looking at green stuff with little white men dotted about, or men in white, I should say. So I'll give you a few more weeks. Thank you, I appreciate it. Should we listen to some news? I think we shall. This is where we usually put the news. So let's go with the news. The weather outside is frightful. If you park around in certain parts of Russia, that is. Parkrunners enjoyed a balmy minus 31 degrees Celsius at Shebolinsk on Parkrun Day. Pics shared of some of their volunteers illustrated this temperature with icicles on eyebrows. If you prefer a part of the country that's a little warmer, you could try Moscow, who checked in at a tropical 2.5 degrees Celsius. The inaugural IAU 24-hour Asia and Oceania Championship took place in Kaohsiung on November 19th and 20th. 84 open race runners from eight countries ran the 24-hour event and Parkrun Australia was well represented with John Pearson from Noosa, Nikki Wind from Berwick Springs and Sharon Schultz from Wangaratta taking podium honours. City to Sea took place in Melbourne on Sunday. Hundreds, if not thousands, of Victorian parkrunners pounded the pavements or cheered friends over the 15k course enjoying the familiar voices of Dave Robertson and Silas Moss. Parkrun events across the world are embracing the mannequin challenge. Valley, City Park, South Manchester, Stormont and Beehive Juniors in the UK, Mount Barker in Australia and Parkrun Gdansk Polodny in Poland are among the events having a crack at not moving. Get online to check out the great videos. Now, Mel, did you get trapped in a YouTube vortex Googling mannequin videos? I may have got a little bit sucked in. Yes, they're great. Have you seen any of them? I've seen a couple. Our old mate PK shared with us his version from, or Mount Barker's version. Yes, well, that's where I first heard about them. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's been done anywhere else. And then, wow, they're all over the place. So how long before we see it at Kiwana? Uh, it might be a few weeks, but I, I think it's definitely something I need to put on the agenda. What's the point of having a hubby who does video production if you can't get him to bring the toys out to play at Kiwana sometimes? The standard's pretty high on some of those videos. Yeah. Well, so the pressure is on, Adam. I think, I think it's less about the videographer and more about how good the park runners are at being the mannequins. Like some of them 
are just amazing and it doesn't matter what angle the guy is looking at or the girl if it's a female camera lady um it doesn't matter about the angle they're just it, totally switched on a couple of the videos do have some dogs that don't seem to understand the concept though so um they're not they're not playing the game properly but yeah no we'll, we'll be on to it how about you guys you're going to get one cracking in victoria well if you set the challenge if you set the standard we'll try and match it i think this is an adventure that we need to do look out any adventures for you on the weekend did you um, get ahead of me on the most events table? I didn't this <laughs> weekend. Yeah, no, I actually split my time between two park runs on Saturday. So I started my morning at Nambour Park Run because it was their birthday and they had all the festivities and fun of a jungle theme going on. There were some great costumes and Melissa has done a wonderful job of bringing that event together and making a wonderful community there. So kudos to her and it was a great start to the day and then I skipped over to Kiwana for the second half of the morning um, to support some of my park runners over that way. What were you up to on Saturday? I had a party. I went to Albert Park, one of our first events in Australia and they made it to five years. Five years old. Yeah, there's a bit of history once a parkrun event gets to five years old. You know, there's lots of friendships, there's lots of stories to be told. It's a good morning. And I went as a dirty cheater, my first time in costume with my wonderful daughter, Kasha. <laughs> a mini cheater. What, did they have a particular theme? No, it was... um. It was, it was a retrospect, wasn't it? It was a flashback five. A flashback. Which is a great theme because you could go as anything. Well, cheaters flash right past you. Yep. There's, there's your tenuous link. <laughs> well, I just flashed back to the time that we became cheaters a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. That was a big retrospect. <laughs> yeah. So. And I understand they, they released a mascot there as well. They did. This is another trend in the parkrun world. Your local parkrun may have its own mascot and we were introduced to Albert the Swan at Albert. A very realistic looking Albert the Swan that um, the local uh, rangers were so concerned when they saw the kids playing with Albert the Swan <laughs> that they rushed over and said, what are you doing with our swans? But um, no. No. <laughs> It was just a stuffed toy swan. They're troublemakers at Albert, aren't they? They can be. Yep. Yep. Don't talk about the rowers either. My goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't ask. <laughs> yeah, but it was a great morning and it's such a beautiful setting. You know, I sometimes I wonder why Albert Park is so um, popular with tourists in Melbourne because we've got so many different park runs here in Melbourne. But when you get there, you kind of realise why this is one of the park runs you'd want to come and see and check out. Because the lake, you know, if the morning's beautiful and the wind is down, um, the lake is a great setting for a park run. But you know what I did do? Tell me. I hung up my TD polo on Saturday. I heard that was on the cards. Yeah, what are you going to do with all this extra time? I'm not sure. I'm looking for things to do. Don't know yet. Maybe. Might start another podcast. Maybe. Well, maybe the podcast could be a two-hour thing. 
You're forgetting that some of us are still territory directors. Oh, no, the second hour will just be all me. Oh, okay. Just talking well, about. That, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure our fans would love it. Yeah, that general banter. More Scott. That's what everyone asks for all the time. More Scotty, please. But I'd run. I'd actually run out of parkrun stuff to talk about, so I'd start mixing in my, you know, I have a life outside of parkrun, you know. And, you know, your love of NFL. And yeah, there's a bit of NFL and basketball, and, I, you know, I'm a bit of a gamer. I like to play some games every now and then. We could <laughs> talk about that. We would have two, possibly three times as many listeners, I think, if you spoke more, Scotty. Yeah. Talk, talked more about yourself <laughs> and all these pursuits. Yeah. But, yep, what will I do with myself? Stay tuned. Was it a little bit sad? You know, you've been a territory director for more than two years. Oh, no, no, because it was my decision to, to step down. I want somebody else to have a go at it. You know, somebody else to have their... What's the word? Just have their go at helping out parkrun in Melbourne. But even when it's your decision, sometimes moving on from things can be sad. You obviously have no regrets. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so long, suckers. (laughs) No, not quite. Not quite. I have really enjoyed my time. It's a great role to do, and that's why I want someone else to do it. Sharing the love. Well, I'm going to be greedy for a bit longer and keep all the love to myself in my area. Keep launching events up there. We need more up there. Working on it. I've got another one coming in January. Very exciting. It's not the 200th. It is not the 200th because I think we've established on the Facebook page during the week that the 200th will not be taking place in Queensland. But somebody did ask me if you would be there since you claim it's going to be in the greatest state of Australia. Mm. So, will you be attending the 200th park run? Unfortunately, I won't. You don't want to give any hints as to why? Launches are busy, man. I, I, <laughs> I kind of like... You're more a week two kind of I guy. I am. I'm a week two, three, four kind of guy. <laughs> you know, lots, lots of people there on launch day and it's a big event. I like a low-key event four kind of feel. Gotcha. Something to do in the new year. So much to do in the new year. I was, there are not enough weekends for park runs, in my opinion. I was looking up flights to see if I could go somewhere on New Year's Day. Flights are really expensive at that time of year. They really to are. To fly in the day before and fly out the day after, it just doesn't work. Well, maybe, maybe give it a bit more of a buffer around the time frame. I suppose it depends on where you're going to fly. New Year's is probably less expensive than Christmas. But this is the year to do it because you can go in for a weekend somewhere. And get three done. Yeah, because we've got Saturday, Sunday. And that's what I was going to do because number one on my wish list. Is on 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 one of those days. It's on on a Saturday, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, you know what, it's probably on every Saturday, Scotty, so you could... Theoretically, do it at any time of the year. But I do get what you're thinking because I'm also looking at flights um, primarily for the following weekend, but then I realised I had actually taken annual leave from my job for the whole week before that. So technically, I could go somewhere and get five in in another state in the one week. You know what we need? We need a sponsor. <laughs> 
That'd be cool, wouldn't it? We need to, to fly us to different events. Yeah. Come at us, Qantas, or even Airbnb. I'll cover the flights. Or just the travel agent company. Come and speak to our people. Do you think we can make that happen? Well, I think, I think we need to flight people to make that happen because I'm pretty sure we can get accommodation with, with the parkrun community someplace if we're desperate. Airlines, come speak to us. Do you think we've got any airlines as listeners? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Then that should be that should be a very fruitful call out. Our next guest is not only president of Athletics Australia, he's the former Minister of Sport, but most importantly, he's a parkrunner at St. Peter's Parkrun. Welcome to the podcast, Mark Arbib. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, Mark, first we're going to talk to you as president of Athletics Australia. And okay. you're the man behind Nitro, a concept that's got everyone talking in the athletics world. Well, yeah, we're working pretty hard at it. It's, we, we believe there's a, a great space in the market for a, a fast-pitched athletics product similar to the Big Bash League and T20 cricket um, that'll be faster, more exciting, action-packed and, and ready-made for an, an audience, ready-made for commercial sponsorship and ready-made for TV. TV was a big big part of the decision. Was there a feeling that athletics needed a bit of a kick along, particularly with some exposure? Oh, with, without doubt. Uh, TV is a very critical part of what we're trying to do. Uh, if we want to bring in more commercial revenue to the sport and we need more revenue so that we can pay our athletes and we can pay our coaches, uh, well, we need to have more eyeballs and we need a bigger audience. And athletics has not been on um, Australian TV screens for, for close to a decade. So the only time you really get to see it is at the Olympics and you get to see it at the Commonwealth Games. So having a domestic competition uh, on uh, domestic broadcast for us, for a board, for Athletics Australia, was absolutely essential. We want young kids and families to be able to sit down, either come out to the... To the uh, the track and watch the watch the event, watch the spectacle, or to be able to sit down in their living rooms and look at some of Australia's some of Australia's athletes, and they they deserve that attention because they are world class, and we need more people to, to see that and to understand it. Mark, it's you, you say it's a domestic competition. However, you do have international athletes involved. Yes, oh, absolutely. So domestic, as in it's happening in Australia, but it's an international uh, teams event. So the big difference here is this is a teams-based form of athletics. There'll be six teams competing for points across three three nights. And we've got the Australian team, the Australian track and field team, um, taking part. But also we've got some other incredible countries coming out. So Japan, who did so well at the Olympics on, in uh, athletics and in the relays, they're coming out. China's sending out a team, one of the most powerful um, athletic countries in the world. Uh, we've got England, so the old rivalry between Australia and England being renewed. England sending a team. Uh, Usain Bolt is bringing his own team, uh, which is which is for for athletics a first. The Usain Bolt All Stars, which is going to be made up of athletes from across the across the planet, um, including some Australians. And we've also got New Zealand sending a team, and, and we know how well New Zealand did in Brazil. Um, in, in the athletics, so they did fantastic. So, you know, it's a teams-based event. We've got six 
stellar team. So it's, it's very exciting for us. And how long exactly has this been in the works? I don't imagine Usain Bolt just signs up for something like this after, a, you know, a party or a barbecue on a Saturday afternoon. You are so right. It's been, look, from the, from the Board of Athletics Australia and the people that have been involved as um, the sort of management, it's been 12 months of hard work, um, not just getting Usain Bolt to come to the country and you know I think I think we all know the work that John Stephenson uh, has done to, to, to make that possible but also to bring in um, the Victorian government who are one of our major partners and providing an investment a big investment to make this happen uh, Kerry Stokes and the Channel 7 Network for their support their financial support and Kerry personally for his support and most people probably don't know but Kerry is a former sprinter at the Preston's Club he loves athletics and he really has helped out in a big way over the past 12 months to make this happen. And, you know, there's a large amount of organisation that has to go in, um, and, and we're doing it in a short time frame. So, I mean, it's 12 months lead up, but we're, we're absolutely doing everything possible to get this in place, and tickets go on sale this week. So it's a, it's a very important week for Nitro. Let's talk about some of the events that we're going to see, because that's also what's completely different about this. We're going to have stuff like a hurdle relay. We're going to have long jump pits going at the same time. One one event that intrigues me is the three-minute run. I reckon this is a cool idea. Who came up with these events? Well, there's there's a team at the Nitro team and management have spent a fair bit of time talking to coaches, talking to people in the high-performance area, but also working with uh, TV broadcasters and looking at, at successful events globally, what's working and um, what we can use. And they've come up with something that is quite unique. So some of the events, such as, as you said, in terms of the three-minute run, the 60-metre the sixty meter speed sprint, uh, we've got an elimination mile. And, and also one of the, some of the events that really will be exciting is mixed relay. So mixed 4 by 100 meter relay to me will be probably one of the key events. Medley relay where athletes are doing a 200, a 200, a 400, and 800. And then a mixed 4 by 400 uh, meter run. So you know, this is this is really men and women competing against each other as part of teams. You don't see it often, uh, but it's something I think that the audience will love. And, and if it strikes a chord, you're going to see a lot more of it. Have you got an event you're particularly keen on? Well, look, as a as a uh, as a park runner, I think that probably the the, the three minute run. Which is the sort of middle distance is probably you know my favourite run. I think that's going to that's going to have an appeal. Uh, but but all of these events they're going to be they're going to be so so fast. So even with pole vault and some of the field events, we're giving um, athletes four attempts, four attempts only to speed the process up. Um, we all love going out to. I mean, I love going out to watch the track and field, but it's a long day. The, the objective of Nitro Athletics is to provide a product over two and a half hours, which is ready-made for the audience. It's fast, it's exciting, it's got the big bash feel. You know, one of the things that's going to be interesting is the athletes will be sitting in dugouts uh, with their captains and they're going to be mic'd up and they're going to be talking about the events and the point score and what can be done to try and overtake other countries, um, which is something you never see in athletics where you know athletes walk out, compete, and then walk back to the dressing room. So it's a big change. Can I just clarify, Mark? So each team is made up of 24 athletes? That's right. 24 athletes, 12 men and 12 women in each of the six teams. And they 
they aren't all going to be doing – so, for example, Usain Bolt is not also going to be having a crack at long jump. He's specifically going to be doing the running events and they'll have uh, – Well, no, no, he, he, he said publicly that um, he would look at doing the long jump and that is something that okay. is, is super exciting. Yeah, he's, he's saying he might look at it and he might consider running the 300-metre race. And this is, the, this is the beauty of this concept as a team-based event. Um, you're going to be looking for athletes with a bit of versatility, athletes that can go in multiple events. So, you know, someone like Cedric Dubier might might fit the bill as a as a decathlete as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very novel and it's been set up that way to try and encourage athletes to, you know, be get, move outside their normal. I do like the fact that you know it will be an opportunity for people to actually not get inside the athletes' heads as such, but at least have access to what they're thinking. Like you say, they're going to be in the dugouts and and they'll be talking about different strategies and things like that. Often, you know, you'll hear from an athlete after they've won a race, but you only ever hear from the winner or the person who comes quite close to winning and, and it's about their disappointment or their strategy after the event. So I, I think it'll be great that you're getting in and amongst it while it's all going on. You know, it's very difficult for, unless you are immersed in athletics and track and field, it's very difficult for a spectator to fully appreciate everything that's going on at a track event because there's there's hundreds of athletes. Um, you're watching people running times. Um, is it a PB? Is it a season's best? And then many of the many of the athletes, the, the spectators, just won't know and be able to appreciate. By, by setting this up as a team event and having a point score that's running across the three events, it's going to add context, relevance and drama, real drama to the events. And you are going to know what the athletes are thinking and you know, now with, with new sort of camera technology and microphones and um, high-performance gear, um, it's going to be it's going to add a lot more sophistication to our product and, and I think it's going to be very appealing. I'm excited. I like it. You know, it's something completely <laughs> new. Yeah, it's new. But what do you say to the critics that are already coming out saying it's just a gimmick? It's reality TV for athletics. Well, I, I, I'd say to the critics, athletics needs this. And, you know, I, I love traditional athletics and there's going to be a place in it just the same way as cricket has a test match. That's always going to be there. But... Athletics also needs new product and needs to be relevant and move with the time. And this is something that even Seb Coe has, has welcomed um, internationally and, and admits that athletics needs to keep up with modern modern times. And, and what I'd say to, to, to everyone involved in the athletics family is the reason we are doing this is solely to, to try and bring in more investment and more commercial funds to the sport. The sport is not going to be able to grow, not going to be able to survive in the future if we're not able to bring in corporate sponsors, if we're not able to bring in funds. And this is money that we want to invest back into the grassroots, back into our athletes, back into our coaches. And so we're doing it for the, for the absolute right reason. And, it, and it's not a short-term, it's not a short-term sugar hit. Um, this is something we want to do for the long term. Um, you know, it may not be a, a big money bonanza in year one or two, but over time this thing will turn around the sport. We're confident of it. All the feedback we're getting from the broadcasters and the sponsors is extremely positive and, and we're, we're going to back it and do everything we can to make it work. I like to hear you say that the money's going to go back into the athletes because that's going to be the key to 
the sport being healthy. If we've got well-supported athletes, we'll have athletes performing well, and that can only augur well for the sport. Absolutely. Can we move on to the partnership with Parkrun? How is um, how are you finding that partnership so far? Yeah, look, it's good. Uh, at the moment, the partnership is, is very new, and we'd be the first to admit that we have to work towards you know new layers and improve it over time. Uh, there's been a number of good events. A number of the states are working closely. I mean, all our state associations are working closely with Parkrun, and there's been some. Um, very good events such as the track run events in New South Wales, the 5K on the track, uh, the Blackmoors Running Festival. There was a great discount for park runners, and park runners really turned out um, for that for that event. And from the Athletics Australia perspective, um, promoting park run wherever possible to try and ensure that people understand that Australians understand that um, park run exists. And I mean, from the way the way athletics. Australia looks at the community. I mean, we have something like 35,000 members and 100,000 little athletics members, but there are 5.1 million recreational runners and walkers out there, and we've got to become relevant to those recreational runners and walkers. And rather than us reinventing the wheel, Parkrun is already doing it. I mean, Parkrun is a participation monster that's come out of the community and come out of databases. You know, using modern technology, um, and people love it. So we want to promote parkrun. That's something that we really want to do, and we think as people get more involved in parkrun and really love their running and love their community, then they're going to get more involved with their local athletics clubs, and and the clubs will move closer to parkrun. You'll have better partnerships. You'll have club providing volunteers. And then people will start saying, well, gee, I, I did my park run, that was great, but maybe I can go and run in the Masters or run for the local club on the weekend or run their club championships. So it's about trying to get everyone working together in the same direction. And, and I think it's going to take time. Um, there's a lot of work to do, but at the same time, there's a lot of goodwill and I think people are all on the same page. It's kind of um, in line with what you're doing with Nitro Athletics as well, isn't it, Mark, in terms of engaging new audiences and bringing them into athletics? 100% right. So it's it's quite daunting. And, I mean, I found it daunting when I turned up to my first club run because, you know, you, you think it's an athletics club. So the people there are very athletic. It's just something you naturally would think. It's just the way um, your brain works. So, therefore, if you're not someone who's, who's doing a lot of running or a lot of walking or whatever, you think it's probably not for me. But the truth is those clubs are set up for everybody and we want to be the, we have a goal. I mean, the goal of Athletics Australia is to be the largest participation sport in the country. Um, But people aren't going to turn up to the clubs in hordes. Um, We believe Parkrun is the recreational gateway to the sport of athletics. Um, People, Parkrun is so user-friendly and it's so approachable um, and it's so community-focused, uh, it's the way that people should start and get involved in the sport of athletics. Kids, parents, seniors, you know, disabled people. I mean, this sport and park run is open to everybody and it's been so successful by having, you know, sticking to its principles on free membership, sticking to its principles on when the event happens, sticking to its principles on um, sponsorship, and that's why it's so successful. 
people trust Parkrun and we want to work with Parkrun and promote Parkrun because we know by doing that, we'll bring Parkrun will be more successful and so will athletics in this country. Obviously, Parkrun Australia is big time on board with that. I mean, we've got the benefit that because we can include people of all ages, you have families, middle-aged parents who are bringing their kids to Parkrun now. And I know myself as a child, I was never exposed to athletics. And a couple of years ago, I went to um, a seminar on women in sport and Alana Boyd was there having a talk about pole vaulting. And I remember thinking, how does somebody get into pole vaulting? Like, at what point does that idea twig in them as a child that, yeah, I want to be a pole vaulter. Let's get me pole vaulting and I will start training for an Olympics when I'm, you know, 10 or 12 or something like that. And I guess the benefit is that you've got parents now at Parkrun who are becoming more exposed to Athletics Australia as well through the partnership. And they're perhaps exposing their kids to that but also through things like Nitro Athletics getting it on TV you know it can be what all those reality chef cooking shows are to wanting kids to get in the kitchen you know that's going to expose children to things like pole vaulting and long jump and all these sorts of things that they might not be exposed to in their normal schooling lives. Yeah I couldn't agree more and Athletics is the foundation sport uh, for the Olympics. It's a sport of human movement and it's a sport for life. And we want to encourage Australians to get involved in athletics from very young age through to being set when they're seniors. Uh, and we've got an ageing population. People are living longer and they need physical outlet and they need mental outlets. And that's where parkrun becomes so critical um, to what athletics is doing, but also what the government is doing and I mean I wish the government could actually understand the importance of park run to public health I don't think there is a another community program that has done an or community health program that has done more for the health uh, of Australians than park run and Athletics Australia will of course help um, with insurance for park runners We'll help to promote park runners. But one of the things that we must do is take the fight up to government so that they understand the role that park run is playing. And we want government to help fund it and we want government to help expand it out to ensure that it's accessible to more people in more places. And I think Australians will embrace it and you will see a greater level of participation and health across the community. Hey, we couldn't agree anymore. I love that answer. How's your park running going? You've been running at St Peter's, and you're you're a handy little runner. Oh, I have I have to I have to, to be honest and say I have not had a run for a, a couple of months. My daughters do little athletics on Saturday morning, so my Saturday morning is is normally um, chasing them around. But whenever we get breaks, I head back to St Peter's. It's a great course. Um, you know, probably one of the one of the, the best runs in Sydney, around Sydney Park, and it's fantastic. A uh, lot of good people. I love the catch up before and the, the handing out of the the, uh, the the presentation to you know of the t shirts and uh, the volunteers celebrating the volunteers. It's great. But also when I whenever I get to whenever I'm travelling around Australia and I've got um, 
I can get to a, a park run, I do. And you meet some incredible people at park run and, and that's why I love it so much. I'm heading to park run in St. Peter's for the first time in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. They will welcome you with open arms. They're, they're great people. You've been a great sport, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast, sharing all your insights into Nitro Athletics and what's going on behind the scenes at Athletics Australia. Well, it's been great to be here and from Athletics Australia. Please keep up the good work. Um, you guys are doing an amazing job and we want everyone to understand the importance of Parkrun and that's why this program is so important. This weekend, there may or may not be cake at Surfers Paradise Parkrun in Queensland. They are celebrating their first anniversary and here to tell us all about the event and the anniversary is Davina Harvey, the event director. Welcome to the podcast, Davina. Thank you. Welcome. Hello, everybody. And yes, to answer your question, there will be cake. <laughs> Excellent. We're, we're always a big fan of cake, or at least I am. Scotty might prefer to know whether or not there might be donuts. He's a bit of a donut fan. I understand that's not traditional for anniversaries, though, so he's a little bit weird in Victoria Town there. It's a Melbourne yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah, no donuts, no donuts. What else is on the agenda then for the, for the weekend? It's it's a big deal celebrating your first anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Now I'm getting nervous after you've said, yeah, it's a big deal. Oh, well, no, let's just forget I ever said that then. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of things as well because on our anniversary, we also have three people doing their 50th park run with one of those persons doing their 25 volunteers and we also have another person doing their 100th park run. Wow, you've got some organised park runners who've timed things quite nicely. Yeah, no, they actually did organise it um, and timed it very well to be for the anniversary, so it's been good. So how have you found the first year, Davina? Um, yeah, not too bad. Um, at first I was probably a bit apprehensive about it and especially having such low numbers all the time. I was like, oh, my God, how do we get more people here? But I've sort of just accepted it now that we're a smaller park run, so we probably average around 30 to 35 at the moment and probably a third of those are always tourists. So we do have a regular lot that come every week. Hasn't been too bad. I've enjoyed the experience um, and it's been, yeah, pretty good. So what is the reason for that? Because I think of Surfers Paradise, I, I think it would be massive and particularly being on the Gold Coast, but it's not. Your numbers have been a little bit low. What, why is that? Yeah. I think because there's such a variety of park runs to go to on the Gold Coast and um, close to us we also have Main Beach which is the home of Park Run and also Broad Beach Waters is also down the road. So within a small area there is three park runs and then obviously not too far from that we have more. So there is a lot of variety to choose from. And I think because it's such a quieter one a lot of people don't know about it um, so that's probably something that I'd want to kind of look into, Try how do I get people to find out about it. Can you give us a description of your course, Davina? Well, that's probably where, <laughs> that's probably the downfall as well. A lot of people don't like that it's a three-lap course. 
but on the upside of that, especially during summer, we do have a lot of shade and a cool breeze because it runs along a river and also a lake. So there is a breeze and a few people over the last few weeks with the hotter weather have said that they'll come to Surface Paradise, especially over summer being um, a cooler, shadier course. You see the whole skyline of Surface Paradise. We operate behind the Gold Coast Art Centre in Surface and, yeah, three-lap course, which obviously isn't ideal for a lot of people, but um, it's just what works in the area that I've got to work with because there's a fair bit of construction going on at the moment. The Art Centre and the Gold Coast City Council are upgrading the facilities where we currently run. You know, I think there are a lot of people out there who, who may turn their noses up at the concept of a two or a three lap course just because they think it would be boring. But I would also say that the majority of those people have never actually tried them and they can't appreciate fully how much fun it can be to, you know, challenge yourself over a multi-lap course because you can go out at a certain speed and then try to go faster the second lap or, you know, try not to kill yourself on the first lap and things like that. I think it's a real pity that people aren't getting out to more of the lap courses. In fact, I think we should set that as an adventure that people should get along to a lap course sometime in the next month. Because at first it's definitely a mind thing that you think, oh, man, I've got to do it again and then again. And then like now after being there for a year, I'm like you just get used to it and it doesn't feel, you know, so monotonous or, oh, my God, it's three laps. I'm actually I'm a I'm a convert of the lap. One of my favourite parkruns mm-hmm. is a three lap, because it works really well for families. Do you have a lot of families yes. going there? So like yes. the dad or the mum can go off in front, and then you can yes. always see everybody on the course. Yeah, yeah. We just have one section um, so out the front where you can't see um, like from the start finish area, but obviously if you're lapping, you will see everybody all the time. Um, but, yeah, definitely a lot of families come. We have a lot of children and they're generally our volunteers nearly every week, so that's a real bonus as well. But um, a lot of people appreciate the three laps. You know, you get your more high fives, more hellos, and you see the same faces. But then, yeah, obviously people, when you do your run brief and you say, oh, it's three laps, oh, that's like, oh, well, you know. Enjoy the experience. Um, you've got a fluoro theme for this week? Yes. Fluoro yes. is a great theme. A few weeks ago, one of the ladies um, at one of our regulars actually read um, the date wrong and turned up in fluoro, and she just looked amazing, absolutely head-to-toe <laughs> in fluoro, um, the big glasses, bright, um, bright pink fluoro top and tutu, long gloves on and it it was a warm day and then uh, leggings and everything. So uh, we're definitely expecting a lot of people to go all out, especially with the milestones as well. Lots of colour. I, lo- I love it when park runners get so excited that they read dates wrong and they show up in costume early. It's not the first time it's happened, but it's always great. Yeah, it was awesome. And because on the morning we, in the run briefing, we said, and Melissa's here to give an example of what we need to wear on our fluoro day. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good, really good. Nice work putting it in the run brief there. Yeah. 
Now, Davina, your parkrun story didn't actually start with launching your own event. You started somewhere else, didn't you? Yeah, so I originally started parkrun back in – I had to look up my stats when you uh, said you are going to ask me some questions, so I thought, oh, I better have a look. And it was back in 2012 I did my first parkrun um, through encouragement of my now Territory Director, Gavin, my brother-in-law, and also my sister. They were at me to go to Main Beach. And I was like, oh, I sleep in on a Saturday. And then um, so I went one week and then just, yeah, kind of got hooked there. And then that's when Coomera started. So I was that dedicated. I did the 25-minute drive probably to the furthest park run away from where I lived and um, started Coomera. And then Renee then approached me about um, starting my own park run which my first question was, what do I need to do more than what I'm doing now? And she basically said, well, you know, if you have a problem and you call Gavin, and I'm like, yes. And she said, well, that's pretty much it. When someone else has a problem, they'll call you. And I went, yep, okay. So that's how it all sort of started. You've also been quite the adventurer. You've done 15 different events. Have you got a couple of favourites in amongst that? Yeah, I don't mind. Um, I've done Fingal Bay. I enjoyed that one. And we haven't heard much about Fingal Bay. What's what? What's the unique attraction about Fingal Bay? Um, I think that there's a lot of shade through that course as well. That one I did um, during summer. It was around Christmas time. I was down in the area, and um, I wanted to try that one out. And it was just, yeah, something different because I didn't really look up the course where I needed to run and I just thought, oh, it's near the beach, so I thought oh, I must be like Kira on the Gold Coast, um, which was pretty similar. And it's out and back one way and then out and back the other way from memory. Sorry, any Fingal Bay regulars if I've got that wrong. But, um <laughs> Yeah, no, I just really enjoyed that course and then it wasn't that long ago I saw someone had posted a photo of a koala actually on the footpath at Fingal Bay and I thought, oh, man, I have to go back there so I can see if I can see the koala as well. And then um, another one was up at Kiwana when we went up earlier this year for the Sunshine Coast Marathon weekend and, yeah, I really enjoyed that course as well, especially up. Um, to the lighthouse and being able to get a really nice view up there. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I missed out on seeing a whale, but one of our other friends that was with us at the time said she saw one jumping out of the water when we were up at the lighthouse. So might have to go back up there again during whale watching season to see if I can see any. We've definitely heard enough about Kawana on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch yep. you up there. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast, sharing your 12-month adventure at Surface Paradise. Yep. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you. And anyone that's in the area or wanting to come and visit the Gold Coast, please come and visit us at Surface Paradise Parkrun. We're very friendly. And you'll be in Fluoro. Can't miss them. Yes. No, that's right. social adventuring for a few weeks so let's stop in and see what's going on 
on the social media. We had some Twitter love from Paul Kitchen, who enjoyed our chat with Lavinia Petrie last week, saying that she's inspirational. We certainly agree with that, Paul. Scotty Watkins loved the idea from Robbo and us to get Usain Bolt to Albert Park Run. He was asking the question of Nitro Athletics and the president of Aths Australia. We should have put that to Mark in our interview earlier. If only we read Twitter. We do read Twitter, and you know what? We're going to start. um, We're going to start a hashtag that is hashtag Bolt to Park Run. So that's Bolt, the number two Park Run. Start using it, people, on all your tweets and your Instagram photos. One thing I got right last week about cricket: Lyndall Murray informed us that they use a pink ball in cricket for day-night test matches. Is that a thing? Yeah. Day-night yeah, test matches? The ones, yeah, the ones that start in the day, but it gets dark and they can't change the ball because that's um, not very fair to the people who played earlier in the day. So I think the pink is visible both in good and bad light okay. or, or daytime and nighttime light. You said you got this right. You don't even know a day-night test match exists. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but red for regular tests, I knew that, daytime tests, and white for shorter games. Everybody knows that. So thanks, Lyndall. Well, yes, we, we did thank Lyndall very much because I'm glad somebody knows which balls are which. And we also had Mildred Labashang who blushed hearing their name mentioned on our Aussie podcast. Uh, that was in our South African episode also. So, well, you're going to have to blush again, honey. We just did it again. She had a cool hashtag, walking myself thin. And tanny lappers. I don't know what tanny lappers means, but I like walking myself thin. <laughs> tanny lappies? Tanny lappies. Tanny lappies. That, that might, be, might be her running club. They need to be on Club Corner then. Mildred, get in touch with us. How are we doing on Strava, Scotty? Going crazy. 259 members. Lots of running happening. Lots and lots. People doing ultras that just boost their numbers. It's great. I think we've entered uh, the triathlon season now as well, so we might start seeing not just runs from our parkrun adventures, but also some cycling and some swims. That still shows up on our leaderboard, right? Doesn't matter what the activity is, if they're a member of our club? That's a good question. I might have to do some homework on that. I'm not sure. Over to Instagram, and it's been pretty quiet on the Insta front of late. We did have Running Guy Ryan checking in with a big report about Namble Park Run's first anniversary last last weekend, which he attended, dressed as a monkey. I did pick Ryan out of the crowd and thought, yep, a monkey onesie at Namble in November does not a comfortable park run make. However, I believe he beat the gentleman who is dressed as the parkrun warrior in not much more than a little Tarzan outfit. Um, I'm not sure whether or not the bumblebee was ahead of him or behind him. There was a lot of jungle shenanigans going on on the course last weekend. I didn't ask you, what did you go as? I went dressed as somebody on safari who had um, a baby orangutan. So, but the orangutan is a puppet and 
you have this safari shirt, this long sleeve safari shirt with a false hand and arm so that you can put your right arm in the puppet and make it move around. And um, the kids loved it. It's actually a really, really uncanny looking orangutan. Very cute, quite warm. I'm I'm a bit relieved actually that I didn't try to run the course in it because having your arm shoved up a puppet probably doesn't make for very good balance on that sort of trail. So yeah, I think I might have escaped joining the stat club. That's why I never run with puppets on the trails. <laughs> um, any kookaburras? You don't need any help stacking it on <laughs> no. the trails. Uh, I don't recall seeing any kookaburras. There were uh, some butterflies and bumblebees and all manner of other animals. A zebra won the best dressed costume for an adult and a crocodile won the best dressed junior. So there were lots of um, fabulous costumes about. But no park run kookaburras. No park run kookaburras this time. Do you know at Westerfolds at the moment, there's kookaburras everywhere. They're such a cute bird. And at the moment, there's heaps of them about. It's very cute. At where? At Westerfolds. Have you heard about it? I run there a lot. No. Yeah. Huh. I can't believe you've never mentioned it before. Come on down. You'll see a kookaburra. On Facebook, Tim Baldwin shared a pic. It's a picture um, of his brothers running to the finish line at Lismore Park Run a couple of weeks ago with the ED, Belinda Smith, trying to catch them. And she is chasing them down with the 50th run photo card. So, you know, the, the 50 club t-shirt that some of the events have and they've sort of cut out the nook where the neck goes and people hold it up. So when they do their milestone runs. It's like they're wearing the shirt before they get the shirt. So, yeah, she's she's chasing them down across a beautiful green open field. Uh, I don't know whether or not she caught them up by the time they ran across the finish line, but I'm sure she wasn't far behind. And Tim said that Belinda and her team are super friendly and it's one of the best park runs they've been to. Good job, Belinda, a Smith and team. Heather Hunter, she's getting inspired to travel the globe. She asks the question, how many years... Would it take to travel around the world and visit every park run, one per week? Imagine how many new ones there would be by the time you finished. I think it's one of those infinity type things, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you can you can never possibly... We're launching more than one a week on average now, I think, anyway. So you would never even get across Australia unless you'd already had a really good start and, and probably had two 150-odd events under your belt already. You'd be busy. That's my two cents. <laughs> and there was lots of love for our South African episode, although Tim McKinley said somebody needs to remind Bruce about South Africa's record in the Cricket World Cup. I'm assuming they don't have a very good record. Maybe not as good as Australia's record. But Sheridan Law said, loved the interviews this week, especially the one with Bruce. What an interesting, passionate guy. Really liked what he had to say about the park walkers too. We agree. It was great having Bruce on the show. We have a couple of launches this week. Camay in New South Wales and Forster, also in New South Wales. It's a double banger. Exciting times for them. I think Forster's been in the planning for a long time. So yay for them. And yay for Camay too. They'll have fun this week. Where's the cake, Mel? 
well, we've already discussed that there will definitely be cake at Surfers Paradise in Queensland who are celebrating their first anniversary. However, if you can't make it to there, you could also try either Cronulla in New South Wales or the beaches in New South Wales. They're celebrating their first and second anniversaries respectively. Or you could skip up to Minipee who are celebrating their third or Sandgate that are celebrating their fourth, both in Queensland again. You guys in Victoria, you don't get launches or cake this weekend. Not this weekend. Not even donuts. No, I might have to go and find my own donuts. Hmm. Maybe you guys are just saving it all up for the 200th, do you think? Maybe. If it's in Victoria. <laughs> Who knows? Somebody knows. Our Club Corner comes from Victoria this week. Do you want to hear all about it? I do. On Club Corner this week, we're catching up with the Pink Army, as they call themselves. Raring to Run is the name of the club, and Raylene Joyce is joining us to talk to us about them. Welcome, Raylene. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Hi, Mel. How are you doing? Yeah, doing awesome. That's our tagline. We're always, always, always about the awesome. Well, I like the positivity. Tell us, tell us more about Raring to Run. I see them a lot down here in Melbourne. How did the club get started? We actually started um, September 2014, so I was already running at Berwick Springs and um, I'd been on a bit of a you know transformation myself, I'd lost a lot of weight and had started running and a few friends had said to me, oh, geez, I wish I could do what you'd done, you know, you've done with yourself. And I said, well, I, you know, I'll put it out there on Facebook, does anyone want to learn to run? And um, I got a few mentors on board, we had about six mentors and 12 members back then, it was very cute. And um, that's how we started. And we really encouraged people to come to Berwick Springs Park Run because that was still is my home. And um, we've just grown from there. How did you come up with the name? Well, it was kind of, you know, everyone was so excited at the start. They were absolutely raring to get running. So that just seemed the obvious thing to call ourselves. And who doesn't love a little bit of alliteration? <laughs> yeah, well, that's me. I'm a bit of a dork in that way. And colour theme-wise, you guys have got club shirts or club apparel, is that correct? Absolutely. That's why we're called the Pink Army because we are absolutely bright pink. Um, and everyone sort of had a bit of a say in how it was designed. You know, we threw some ideas around and um, sent it off to the uniform company. And, yeah, we really stand out at events. I don't know. You probably wouldn't have seen us because I think you're up in Queensland, aren't you, Mel? I am, yes. Have you not? got across the whole country yet? You've not infiltrated the, the rest of the parkrun ranks? Well, I think we had about 10 people that came up to uh, do Gold Coast this year. So, you know, we get around. Now, am I correct in assuming that it's a female-only club? There's only one man we found who wants to run in pink. Okay. Generally, that scares the guys away. So, yeah, we're purely female. How did you let this poor fella down that he couldn't get in your club? <laughs> Well, he just he has to get over it. He's got his own shirt now, so he's, he's just dealt with it. But we actually found at the start that, um, you know, women were a bit reluctant. The, the kind of women that we tend to attract are beginning running. You know, they're not necessarily well established. So to have this nice, gentle introduction to running and to park run and have it women only, you know, there's no competition. It's, it's very, you know, very touchy-feely, huggy. 
all that sort of thing. So it's very appealing to women who are starting out. And how do you use Parkrun? Wow, we use it in so many ways. So we actually recruit to Parkrun rather than from it. So we like to get what we call newbies and we like to introduce them to running and then bring them, you know, bring them into the family down at Parkrun. Uh, when we're doing a campaign that leads into an event, like we've got a massive campaign going at the moment leading into the Carmen's 10K in December, we use Parkrun as our um, tempo run for the week or if we're leading into like a, a longer distance like Melbourne Marathon that we've just come off that campaign, we'll do, we call it a pre-parky and then a post-parky so that people are varying distances. You know, you've still got that common 5K in the middle and you're, your 10k people can tag on a bit before and or after if they're doing half marathon so the whole group sort of gets together around the park run side of it but we've you know top and tail and have you got any inspirational stories from some of your members well you know we've got 118 members and i reckon i could give you about 118 inspirational stories <laughs> um i can give you a couple of really gorgeous ones so we've got one of our members michelle is an ms nurse and she's encouraged some of her patients to come along. And we have three of her patients that are in varying stages of MS, and two of them have completed a 10K. One of them has completed multiple half marathons. And it's, um, you know, they, they spur each other on, and then it gives other MS people, you know, the inspiration that they can get out and be active as well. So, you know, there's some beautiful stories there. We've got, you know, girls running their first half marathon um, I think we've got about 50 half marathoners now. So when you consider we've only been going for two years, you know, and they've come from a, a total beginner background, that's pretty cool. Um, about 20 girls have done fulls now. We've got two girls that have done ultras. So they, we've just got, you know, inspiration all the way through. Um, but I think the chick that probably inspires me the most is we've got a stateswoman in our group, Michaela Curtin. And, um, you know, stateswomen at Parkrun, they're a little bit, few and far between so we're really proud of what she's done and she gets out and about and promotes the pink army at every opportunity that's one thing i've noticed about you girls is that you are very encouraging and supportive and that's the word on the street do you, do you make that a focus obviously to encourage others to just participate yeah, yeah it's very much um finished lines not finished times most of our members operate in the, you know, 35-minute or probably 30-minute plus park run. That's that's kind of, you know, where we play, 30, 30 minutes to, you know, 45 minutes. Um, we've got members who will take an hour to do park run, and they're greeted with just the same enthusiasm as, you know, somebody who might do it in 25 minutes. So we've really made that a focus, that it's absolutely participation. And if you want to push yourself to do better, that's fantastic but that's just not our goal. And we really rarely talk about times in the group. Um, it's, it's very much about just doing the best you can do on the day and, you know, being consistent and making running a part of your lifestyle and, you know, park run a part of your lifestyle and then encouraging your family to come down and your friends to come down and, and be part of that bigger community as well. You, you mentioned that you, you uh, recruit to park run. So do you proactively, you know, hunt people down who aren't runners and uh, what what are your recruitment strategies how do you find your new people a lot of our members have got we've got these little business cards and they will literally when they're out talking to people and you know it's the same conversation I had people with people two years ago oh I wish I could do what you do and so they pull these cards out and they go well here you go here's a group you can join 
if I could do it, you could do it. And that's really where most of our people come from is word of mouth. Business cards is a whole level of organisation that I really do love. I know there are other clubs out there who've also got them. Um, You're the first one on Club Corner to mention it. So no doubt all the other clubs will be racing out to get some if they haven't already. Thank you so much, Raylene, for joining us on the podcast. We hope you get a lot more ladies and young girls joining your pink army. Excellent, and they're all welcome, no matter what shape, size, speed, you know, it just does not matter with us. Everyone's welcome, as long as you're a girl. That's it, 46 episodes down. We're coming to the end of the year. We're going to make it, Mel. We're going to get to episode 50. We'll have to change our logo back to red right in time for Christmas. You know what I want? I want, I've asked a couple of times, I want some iTunes reviews. Now, we haven't pandered to the, the Apple empire because they've got some stupid system how they rate podcasts and it's all linked to reviews. Now, we've never, if you listen to other podcasts, they say blah, 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 rate us on iTunes, blah, 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 blah. We've never really done that. But now I'm doing it. At the end of the episode when, you know, if you've had enough of us, you can turn off now anyway. But I want some reviews. I want to see us. Only the good ones. No, no, no. It doesn't even matter. iTunes only takes the star (laughs) ratings. So you can, as long as you give us five stars. Yeah, so you want good stars. That's, you you don't want no stars. Well, I'd prefer. If you've got no stars, I'm pretty sure Apple's not going to be very impressed by you either. No, it doesn't matter. They just want interaction. So you could say, just give us five stars. But in the comments say, they're crap, their they're general banter is a waste of time. But as long as you <laughs> give us a review There's only one person stars, who thinks that. Yeah, my mate Matt. <laughs> who? <laughs> my good mate Matt, who doesn't like us bantering. But please, at least one, just give me one review this week and I'll be a happy boy. Put it on your wish list for Christmas. That's it, I'm done. Goodbye, Mel. Goodbye, Scotty.